Hey everyone, we are back for another exciting episode this week with so many amazing things to talk about. We'll also find out what made Cynthia say... Every member breaks down at least once at the camp, so if you take care of this on, on top of it, your season is going to be golden. And why Chris said... That's what the performing arts did for me as a kid. It allowed me to understand who I was and get comfortable in my own skin. So if I can do that for people of all ages, all backgrounds, and they walk in the door and feel like I belong here, then I've, I've made my I've accomplished my goals. I've, I've done what I set out to do. All this and more on this week's episode of On a Water Break. Let's go. Set it up. Top of the show. Form. Check form. Cover down. Do it again. Run it back. And we'll see you at the show. Welcome to another episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal on a water break. I'm Jackie Brown. Well, it is the start of June, and you know what that means. It's time for camps, move-ins, and the start of LGBTQIA Pride Month. We have a few special guests this week, and we will get to them in just a moment, but let's see who's on the sidelines this week. Let's start with Cynthia. Hi. Hi, guys. How's it going up there? It's going. It's getting warmer. So much warmer this week. We're having um, nice ciliuses because that's what we use, but yeah, it's getting warm, so the pool is getting used, and I just can't wait for any drum corps clips we start seeing. We're going to talk about it, but we start now seeing little clips here and there of move-ins and, and choreography and pictures. It's interesting. So, yeah. Cool. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Yeah. We also have Chris Green. Hi, Chris. Well, hi, Jackie. I'm excited to be on my first On a Water Break podcast. I am excited to have you here because I know I've been telling Jeremy, when are we going to get Chris Green on? Where does Chris Green fit in? We got to get him in here. Um, well, uh, Chris being our first guest host, he has his hands in a lot of marching art spots. But I'll let you tell yourself. I'll let you tell our uh, <laughs> listeners about it yourself. So you are joining us to help kick off Pride Month. So I, tell I us sure a little bit about I. yourself. Well, uh, just briefly, I've been involved in the performing arts since I was, uh, you know, about 12, like most of us have. Uh, and I, <laughs> I marched for years. I started drum corps. I arranged, conducted, wrote for basically a little bit of everything. Uh, so I'm excited with, it, with this podcast because so many of those uh, pageantry arts and marching arts kind of cross in each other. We know a lot of the same people. Uh, so true. exciting for Pride Month is I'm actually the director of a Pride Bands Alliance group. It's a community band in Orlando, Florida called, called uh, Central Florida Sounds for Freedom Band and Color Guard. And actually going to play off that a little bit with some of our guests coming up this month that uh, <clears throat> work in both the concert band, marching band, all the performing arts. There's so many great designers and instructors out there that identify in what I affectionately call alphabet soup, where everyone <laughs> is equal, all the letters are equal, we're just unique and different, so it helps us stand out. So I'm be borrowing from that pot a little bit. Um, and we'll just see. We'll have, we'll have some exciting uh, conversations. That is going to be so great. I I feel like the conversation opening up and the education that's been available about this alphabet soup that you referred mm -hmm. to has been fantastic. And like just even seeing some of the stuff, you know, I got to meet the um, the uh, the Big Apple queer 
uh, yeah, the, band they, they at the Thanksgiving parade. Yeah. That's, that's it, one of our, our largest marching bands in, in the country when it comes to private bands alliance. And they actually just went through a rebranding uh, to be more inclusive of their membership. And I think a lot of the groups are doing that, which is a topic you probably hear a couple times popping up as we learn more about the community and how to make sure everyone feels included, especially with the current political climate we have going on right now. I think the more oh, that sure. we can highlight just how accepting the performing, the performing arts are. I mean, we still have a ways to go. But it is a place that a lot of people have felt um, able to be their true self for the first time. And we want to embrace that. So have you seen, you know, talking about this growth that you've seen, what are some of the things that you've seen um, with like changes going on in queer bands over the years? Well, with queer bands, I mean, basically we started off with uh, San Francisco, you know, 34 years ago and just slowly grew. It's very similar to how the, the gay chorus's gala has grown. Uh, we're just kind of adapted to the scenario. So it used to be in the 80s that we were looking for just a way to have a, a performing outlet, a, a way to get together as a group. And obviously with the, the AIDS crisis going in the 80s, there's mm -hmm. a lot of different bonding that, ha that happened. A lot of people aren't familiar, um, but the lesbian community actually stepped up and became caregivers to the gay male and bisexual men communities uh, because AIDS was, was decimating so much and it was much more prevalent in male than female. Uh, so that's why the lesbians come first in all the alphabet soup of LGBT, LGBTQ+, um, and it used to be the Lesbian and Gay Band Association, and now it's Pride Bands Alliance. We've grown past that, but that's where we started. Uh, so the organization itself has grown just because it became a support group. And now you'll see, especially in my band, uh, I think we have every letter that's in alphabet soup is in our band. <laughs> Binary, uh, <laughs> intersex, asexual, uh, gay, bi, trans, and we have a lot of allies. And that's what's exciting. I think that more and more people are willing to step forward and say, hey, I'm not a member of this community, but I want to you know, perform music and I want to be in a group that is accepting of all people. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that itself seems to resonate with more people. And we're seeing a lot of growth in bands across the country, not just in the gay and lesbian uh, you know, realm, but basically everyone everyone can feel comfortable and i think that's been the biggest growth we've seen just overall and every band's different some have marching some have jazz some have color guard uh, obviously my band orlando has one of the larger color guards we have 25 and they perform both on stage with us uh, in parades with the band and also perform as a separate unit uh, so that way they can keep their color guard going year round mm. that's so awesome i what I, I love that it's just so inclusive of people. And like you were saying, like, it's not just about the, the, the queer communities, the LGBTQIA communities and everything. It's really about being inclusive of everybody and understanding that everybody is different. And that's really awesome. But aside from that, what is the best part about running these programs? Like, like we're talking boots on the ground. What is your favorite thing to do when you are, running these programs what's the best part about it well i'll tell you for me because we are a mostly adult band most people come to us with a 10 15 20 25 year break from their instrument or flag um, and oh, seeing wow. those people come in and reconnect with something that they loved before or have come in and learned something for the first time you have a lot of people in their 30s and 40s that you know never did band like, i would love to learn something well great or they're yeah. uh, you know a violinist like well can I play percussion? Sure. And it's been really exciting for people that you know maybe weren't allowed to do color guard or never had the opportunity to do so. As an adult, now we've got a, a leveled 
program so that our advanced people that are coming out of WGI or still have the bodies to be able to produce some of that stuff. Because we know as we get older, those things become yep. more of a challenge. Things change. Uh, <laughs> <Biology>. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Bones ache. We, we understand all those problems. Uh, but it gives them a chance to perform and at a higher level uh, of dance and equipment. And then people who are joining for the first time, then we have ways to uh, to learn those basic skills and be able to perform for the first time in a less pressure environment. So I like that people are able to come in and re either reconnect or find something for the first time. And honestly, that's what the performing arts did for me as a kid. Mm. It allowed me to uh, understand who I was and, and get comfortable in my own skin. So if I can do that for people of all ages, all backgrounds, and they walk in the door and feel like I belong here, then I've, I've made my I've accomplished my goals. I've, I've done what I set out to do. What would you say is the biggest challenge of running a group like this? Um, personalities is always a big challenge. As we, we all have to deal with you know personnel management and uh, everyone's coming at a different point of view with adults who are coming from work and job and family and all those things. You may have sat in traffic for two hours to go to rehearsal. You know, who knows? Mm -hmm. So that's always a challenge. Uh, but I think right now the biggest challenge is politically what's going on with transgender laws. Uh, we have mm -hmm. transgender people in the band that are, are scared to perform. Mm -hmm. um, we have people that have transgender youth and they feel they're under attack with the point that they are facing possible criminal charges, depending on how things go politically. And, and that's scary because we can't just say, well, you don't like it, leave. You can't leave your home. Yeah. You know, you can't just up and have a new job, new house, new family, whatever. And honestly, where do you run to? The Northwest? Maybe parts of New York? I mean, there's there's a lot of places in the country that are very accepting and aren't doing that. But uh, 35, 40 or so states are having some sort of law on the books potentially this year. And we're going into an election year, so we know the rhetoric's going to get even worse. And that's very scary, especially for members in the band. And I think making sure they feel safe at all times, at, or at rehearsals, at performances, making sure that we're doing a pride parade, they have a, a good emergency plan. We will have a way to make sure our members stay safe. And that's something we all need to do, regardless of the situation. But I think there's extra pressure uh, with our members because they're looking to us to help keep them safe and be able to perform. Well, that can be so hard too, especially you were talking about them having to like go to a different part of the country to feel safe. And like, you know, they might have to leave their, their family structure behind and, and their whole support system in order to do that. And that, that can just be such a challenge to do for so many people. Completely. And that's why I've always hated that phrase and we've heard it our whole lives in so many different ways. And you don't like it, get out of here, but you start mm -hmm. looking at people who are and an established career, established family, whatever it is, you can't just up and leave. And even if you could, why should you have to? Mm. You know, we're all Americans. Yeah. We, we have some different viewpoints of things, but basically we all just want to be able to, to live our lives to our own little bubble with our friends and social circles, support circles, as you mentioned, health care, all the things you want to have just to have a regular life. And, you know, what was it, Frank? Well, it's always just like, you know. Leave alone, let be kind of thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Hopefully this month we are going to be able to uh, educate people through this whole pride and what it means and what it's like for these for the people who are members in the Alpha, Alphabet Soup or Allies. And <laughs> that's really what I'm hoping we can do with this podcast this week is this month. I say this week. We're going to be do, talking about pride all month long. Um, 
and just having that educational information out there, maybe people can share this with their friends and loved ones who might be going through something or who might have someone who they love in their family who uh, who needs to hear this information. So thank you, Chris, for all of no that. Let's uh, let's get into our gush and goes for today. I hear Cynthia, you have a pretty big mm-hmm. one. So why don't you go first? I do. It's the secret. The secret is coming <gasps> out finally. Yes. Finally. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I've been. I'm an ultra prepared sub person. So that's why if I wanted to be, you know, perfect is what it is today. So it is what it is today. <laughs> um, we're gonna start a new series. We're gonna call it a series right now. Um, that will be called Lost in Translation. Because if you don't know, I'm a French Canadian and I got lost in translation often and I still am very often when I'm surrounding anything actually, but the marching arts and color guard and drum line and horn line. And mm-hmm. so I will meet every hopefully week uh, a person, a passionate person, an instructor, and someone that loves the marching art, a parent, whoever, whoever. And that's one of my big philosophy. Everyone has something to say and not everyone has a, a, how do you call it? There's not, they don't necessarily, yeah, platform. There you go. You don't necessarily have a platform. So that's what I hope to do is just to sit down with someone that wants to talk about the marching arts. But more importantly, we're going to choose a word. And um, I'm going to probably do like four episodes on one word and we're going to go in depth into that word with the person, depending on their experiences, where they're coming from, their culture, their, you know, all of this. And so next week, so we're right now the, let's say the 1st of June, we're the 31st of May, but next week we should have the two first episodes come out at the same time. So the first episode is going to be me introducing the podcast and a little bit about me and it shouldn't be that long because I, (laughs) and then the second one. I don't know. I remember the podcast where we talked about your history a little bit and I was amazed at the stories. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. But in the first episode, I'll be alone. So I shouldn't, you know, like talking alone. I don't think I'm going to be that talkative. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's not going to be a conversation, but then afterwards, of course, um, I will talk and I will question and I will listen. And the second episode that will come out probably at the same time will be with Leticia Miron, Leticia Miron, which is a very close to my heart person. I've talked to her since I don't want to say she was 12. Um, And she fell in love with color guard and drum corps. And she moved from a drum corps to another until she found her home, her place at the Boston Crusaders. And she was last year one of the captains of the color guard of Boston Crusaders. And we're going to explore with her the word uh, introducing as some people are right now in their move-ins and their camps and some people don't know no one. And it's not easy when you jump in a drum corps and I'm going to talk as an international person, but, but I'm pretty sure it it happens with anyone, but you jump into a color guard, you went to auditions. Yes. You cross path with one, two, three person, but you're not from, and we know how drum corps are fed often like one color guard. There's a lot of people going to that one drum corps. And so there's already a group of people and, most drum corps do really good efforts to include everyone, but still it's hard. And spring, uh, spring camp is hard. It's hard on everybody. Everyone's going to cry at least twice. Everyone's going to have a mental crisis. (laughs) So we're going to explore with her all of that, how to introduce yourself, how to get through spring training without 
leaving because that's the hardest part probably it of the happens season. sometimes though yeah it does and and it's hard it's really hard to and let's not forget like i see some of the kids that i taught that are like they're now on their day seven six whatever of uh of camp but they just left school like two days prior they were handing in their last day their last work their last exam their and then packing up and then going to drum corps so so yeah, so that's going to be the first episodes, and then who knows where that's going to go. So if you want to talk to me, anyone, or if you know someone that you think would be interesting and that would that had an impact on you, there's so many people. I mean, yes, there's big names that we all know, and I'm pretty, I'm hopefully going to talk to them. But the people that we don't know, the parent that is always there and has something or knowledge about the experience, and then yeah anyone so i think there's an email you can send us an email or join me on facebook cynthia bernard and talk to me and hopefully i'll talk to you soon anyone and if you message any of the on a water break uh mm-hmm. social media accounts on facebook or instagram we can definitely make yes. sure that cynthia gets those messages as well yeah yeah that's so awesome i know teaching in brazil teaching color guard mm-hmm. down there was such an eye-opening experience for me just to understand like the differences in culture and what they really mean to the way that the marching arts operates around the world versus when mm-hmm. people come to America and like how different it is here from there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Any and of my Brazilian we... listeners want to come and be on it. Yeah. Definitely message us. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's one of the things. And that's how Jeremy and I got the idea is that like, we'd like to do a series about international and how it's different. And when mm-hmm. you are an international person, you don't see that many differences except maybe the terminology or the lexic, the lexicon of, right. Um, but then the rest of it, you don't see it cause you're, you're in it. But then when you talk to other people international people and you realize how much like the pride of Netherlands that have to duct tape their tarp every year at wgi or is it <laughs> yeah. mayflower because they cannot fly a full tarp like it, it can be really just that it, and i'm saying just that and it's just not just that <laughs> but, but like it's a small to, thing that that that's you would never think of unless you were in that situation yeah. So yeah. So hopefully I'll talk to a lot of people and get to know their side, their story, their culture. And so no one ever gets lost in translation. So we deepen their knowledge into the words that we use uh, in our world, in our community. I love it. I'm so excited yeah. for this, Cynthia. This is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I want to gush a little bit about our uh choreography services because right now we have all of these requests coming in for choreography and you know I started doing video choreography with Spintronics uh, like over a decade ago and you know we still get all these requests for choreography and I have multiple choreographers working under me now and um, doing we do video choreography we do cams and stuff and then also the guard closet design closet also does them. And so we kind of work together on, on these uh, requests. There's just so many of them. And uh, you know, people who are thinking about hiring out their, their choreography services um, and having someone create video choreography for them or having someone come into their school to do choreography and teach it. uh, It's, I think it's a lot more affordable than people realize. And Mm -hmm. there are definitely some some things that used to be barriers to the ability to do this, especially with the technology of like video choreography that are just not barriers anymore. So mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I, that's just what I want to gush about. Cause I've been literally all day answering messages and emails on, uh, to people about our choreography services and they're just, it, it's kind of amazing to me that it's come so far. Mm. And right now, do you have like people for a marching band already or are they? Oh yeah. No, I for... have, oh, really? I actually, we're, we have most of our marching band clients already hashed out. Um, and then they're, they're currently, you know, they've already agreed to their agreements and everything and they're going through and, and sending in music and drill to us so we can start wow. working choreography. I'm literally, um, next Monday going to start mm -hmm. recording my first, uh, fall show marching band choreography. I just sent music to one of the choreo one of my other choreographers. I just sent her a full show worth of music and drill today, um, that came in and then like, uh, I, I'm just like thinking in my head, I'm like, how much more mm. do we have? Because then I have like a, a camp for a week and then I have another client I have to do choreography for the next week. And then I have a camp the following week. And it's like, so it's just crazy. And like I said, I've, I have other choreographers now I've had to bring on. I used to do it all myself and I would mm. be choreographing for like had 20 bands in the summer. And then like this time of year, we actually start getting requests for winter guard as well for wow. like next year's winter guard already. Wow, um, so already. people who are like really excited and want to start get, getting things going, especially if they want custom stuff, like now is the time to ask for that because like, yes, we're in the throes of creating stuff for marching band. But if you wait until after marching band to ask us for winter guard stuff, we're probably going to be booked already. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's interesting. It's so, for me, it's so long because we start planning like <laughs> winter guards so late, like uh, mid August to late August. Oh my gosh. That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we well, make it happen. We, we start, I mean, we start doing like clinics and stuff in. Yeah in August and start doing well it, and it depends on the, the team and like what level they are and so on there was a point like sort of at the height of Spentronics you know where when we were having the the world garden everything and back in like 2020 like before COVID happened and all that we were starting like our auditions and stuff at the end of August and then going mm -hmm. doing all of our training and stuff in September and October and uh, we started learning our show in November. And so it was like, that was really early, but prior to that and kind of the model we're looking for now to try and go back into that building phase, um, we don't really start anything until October. So it's a little, it's really late too for us. Chris, what would you like to gush and go on about? Well, this is my first time on the podcast. I'm hoping you will indulge me with a Ooh. double gush. The extended water break where you actually get to sit down for a moment. <laughs> so first, we're talking about you know Pride Month, and we just ran a big convention in Orlando called uh, Diversify Our Bands. It was with the Association of Concert Bands, which is mostly community bands based all over the, the world, really, uh, mostly in North America, but we're trying to expand that. So with mm -hmm. a 1,000 musicians, nine visiting bands, uh, we even did a mass Pride Band because all three Pride Bands in Florida got in on a blind audition. To perform together so we were able to perform all this wonderful music by lgbtq plus composers and people of color international uh age gender background basically any kind of diversity you can possibly imagine and we spent an entire week kind of focusing on that with wonderful panels and concerts and that was that was amazing um and then also because if you're not aware i am the fruhofferette for florida uh I'm very excited about Team Fruhoff's summer chances because Colts and Troopers returned to the top 12 last year. Oh. Troopers are the first time they've ever been a full core of the new size at 150. Their guard is going to be the largest it's been in four decades. 
so I'm, I'm very excited for both Colts and Troopers to build off last year. Mandarins, who were so incredible mm-hmm. last year, where they're going to go. And then, uh, you know, Blue Knights may have slipped out of the top 12 last year, but I think they're coming back with a vengeance. And, of course, Academy and Colt Cadets are also members of the family. So I'm excited because the looks are amazing. The shows are incredible. And it's just that time where you get to get excited again about the, about marching arts. I mean, there's the big gap between WGI and the summer and then the summer into band camp. So while it feels like it's always happening, and those of us who are working behind the scenes know we are always planning the next anything. Literally, it doesn't stop. <laughs> it, it was like, when are you going to take a break? What's a break? I don't know. What's a weekend? Um, right. But it, it's, it's exciting this time of year because we're going to start seeing you know, thousands of youth all across the country and all age too, uh, just putting together incredible performances going to entertain us all summer. And that's always exciting. Hmm. That's so awesome. I, well, I'm excited to see those productions out on the field this uh, summer. I, that's going to be a good time. Well, we are going to be going live on location to the breakdown camp down in Texas with the phenomenal Susie Harloff, who has been on our podcast before. If you have not heard her previous episodes, make sure you go back and listen to those. She is fantastic. So everybody get back on the field and uh, we'll patch in Susie for our next water break. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Hi, Beth. Hi, Susie. I haven't <laughs> talked to you like this in a long time. I know it. Like I a long time. did not realize that you guys were like, had like known each other, known each other, like IRL. <laughs> yeah. IRL. Two or three years together in Westchester. So yeah. That's a couple, we, we, we know a couple people in common. <laughs> so what's up, Susie? What are you doing? Oh my goodness. I am in Prosper, Texas, attending Michael Rosales' breakdown camp. That's great. So what, what I've, I've been curious about this. What capacity are you there? And you said you, that you're a guest. Are you like there as a, a director learning stuff? Like what can our listeners expect if they're like doing that? Or are you teaching some things? Um, I'm really here just observing what the camp is. Um, I have been begging Michael Rosales to bring these camps to the Midwest. Yeah. Um, and in order for him to do that, he's going to need some help. Uh, with someone who knows the Midwest, and I'm hoping that will be me. So 
please don't read into that. I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. I am hoping that that happens. Um, so I'm just here kind of checking out what it is and seeing if there's any way I can help him move it forward. Cool. So what, what is the yeah. breakdown camp? What's doing like back it way up to like very, very basic. Yeah. So what's, what's, yeah. what's it all about? Why did he say? Well, it? as you all know, in the pageantry arts, um, horn line players are not just marching anymore. They are needing to learn how to dance and move their bodies differently sure. than just marching. Um, so Michael has created these breakdown camps where he, schools in the area send their leadership um, students to come and learn dance basics, warm-up routines, improvs across the floors, and they learn actual choreography. And it's just a great way to get kids to either start learning or build on what they already know, and then they can bring that energy to their schools. And um, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> and so he, he just works with the leadership kids. He doesn't necessarily work with your whole band. He does. Right now, okay. yeah, right now his camp is set up to have those kids who are either section leaders or upperclassmen um, so that they can take it back to their schools. Yeah. Cool. Then they become ambassadors. Absolutely. And I will say, I've been teaching band body for a long time, and I have learned so much in the time I've been here. Ooh. So, yeah, it's really well done. And kids, and, and there are directors, too, like the directors that send their kids, they can come and they have classes for them, too, to help them learn how they can incorporate movement into fantastic. their own programs. Yeah. That's a great resource for directors. I think more directors would do well to do that. It, wherever they are and whatever camps are available to them to take advantage of those opportunities. because Absolutely. Because how many band directors when they went to college had dance classes, like, you know, oh, and it's yeah, something. Like <laughs> That's a goose yeah. egg, I'm sure. <laughs> and it's an, it's like an expectation in the activity now that your kids move and not just march and to help you find tools to do that with your program. It's a big deal. Yeah. You know? Well, especially for, I mean, when we were in band back in the day, the dark ages, when they just marched, um, you know, I, I, I've seen that these, this evolution happen in the activity and mm -hmm. today I'm like, God, I don't even know if I would have done it because I didn't have that training, but it's good to know that there is training for non, non dance people. Yes. Like how does, yeah. how, and what is that like for you, Susie? Like when you get somebody who joins band and is, you know, a baritone player and they did band because they didn't want to do anything dance related. Yeah. How do you, how do you overcome that? <laughs> you know, my, for me, I'm lucky now because it, we have built it at Avon. So it's like part of the culture now. So when the sure, baritones sure. come in, they see their senior section leaders standing up there doing grand plies and they, that's just what it is. But there was a time when we had to start, you know? And so yeah. Michael does a great job of introducing it to the kids as like, this is not ballet. You're not putting on tutus and like doing ballet. We are moving. We're moving our bodies and mm. we will learn some technique and some French words along the way, but, you know, kind of approach it as like natural movements that you already do and then starting to apply technique to it. Well, when you talk about sense. natural movements that you already do, like there's, there's such a lack of that in the years leading up to high school. I feel like than there used to be. So like, they're not getting that same like movement training that they would have been getting mm -hmm. in just in like their PE classes and stuff like that. You know, there's so much more mm -hmm. focus on sports there now that yeah. it's, it's like, they're not going through the full range of motions of things. So they don't necessarily know how to use their, their arm in a full range of motion and things like that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and that's just a lot of the training that goes into it. I mean, we do a whole bunch of core distal work, you know, where it's like get as small and tight as you can and then reach out as far as you can. Because that's one of the big things with dancing when you're not comfortable with it. Like you said, it's like lengthening and filling up space. And so we try to train them to do that before we even start teaching dance techniques. So then it's easy, easier to apply. Well, I have to think too, as a wind player, that when you work on things like your core and, and filling that space, that mm -hmm. you're elongating your torso, expanding your diaphragm in the process, which is only going to support, give you better air support mm -hmm, as you're sure. performing. Mm -hmm. Am I on the right track? You absolutely are. And something else at these breakdown camps, because Michael is focusing on wind player movements, he will say, make commentary about that. Like when you're in this pose, you're going to really have to pull your shoulder back and open up your chest so you have air that you will need to play. And, you know, so he applies all of that into his teaching as well, which is something, you know, like in the color guard world. I mean, yes, we have to expand and all that stuff, but a lot of times with band body, color guard instructors will come over and teach the band body. Right. But they don't right. sometimes don't have that connection to the actual instrument that, yeah, you can do things, but a lot of times they still have to play and they still have to, you know, be able to expand their lungs and things. So, sure. And we're yeah. just not thinking along those same lines in the color guard world. You know, we right. might be doing those, but we're, it's just a different, a different color, I guess you could, that you're looking yeah. through. I see what you did there, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> So you're at the breakdown camp, but you also teach at the Music for All Summer Symposium, which is coming up. Yes, I do. It's coming up. It's the last week of June, June 26th through July 1st. And where does that yeah. take place, Susie? I'm sorry? Where Where does that take place? Where oh, so the Music for All Summer Symposium takes place on the campus of Ball State University, which is in Muncie, Indiana. But don't let that fool you. It doesn't mean only people in the Midwest can attend. Um, <laughs> they call it America's Camp because kids from all over the country come. Um, it's basically an uber band geek camp. We have marching band and drum majors and percussion and color guard. Um, hopefully next year we'll get back to our concert and jazz band tracks. So we've been slowly bringing those back post-COVID. Um, nice. But yeah, but I'm in charge of the color guard track. So we have a director's track and a student track. And so the student track is just like your regular old guard camp. You know, they break into teams and they learn a lot. They focus on leadership. They do a lot of dancing. And then at nights they get to attend nightly concerts, all while bonding with color guard friends from across the country. Um, but one of my favorite thing is the instructor academy because there's not a lot of that out there. It's true. Um, so color guard instructors from the most beginning, I just married a band director and I have to teach the color guard and I don't know what I'm doing, all the way up to people who've like marched independent world guards. Um, they all come to our instructor academy to learn new things, to learn from each other. There's lecture-based classes. There's get your hands on your equipment and spin classes. Um, and then you can interact with directors from all around the country. And it is just the best week of the year. That's fantastic. I, That's really in depth, and I'm glad that they were addressing the directors too. I really still feel yeah. like that's a, yeah. like you said, it's a missing piece in a lot of camps. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's easy mm -hmm. to put, obviously, the students for sure. You know, we want right, them to right. get, you know, that that bolstered sense of you know empowerment and learning more skills and getting in touch with more people. And I think the idea of seeing kids from other schools helps, um, helps them to realize that they don't they're not working or, or doing it in a vacuum. That this yes. this activity is so much bigger than your town or your school. 
Mm-hmm. And, and when they get to see that, it changed, I think it changes their perspective and mm-hmm. they realize this is a big deal. Like what I'm doing yeah. is, is good and positive and is going to, you know, be impactful in my life and yeah. then the life of the people I'm working with. For sure. And usually kids that will spend a week of their summer working and doing color guard are those kids that are hyper motivated and positive and they just feed off of each other's energies and they go back to their programs like ready to tackle the season. I know whenever I was a young instructor, kind of like making that transition from being a performer to an instructor, that's when I came to the director track of the uh, summer symposium. And like, seriously, Susie, you changed my perspective so much as a young instructor. Cause I, you know, I came out as from DCI and being like, yeah, I'm ready to take on the world. And it's like, it's really like such a different mindset because you're going from being a performer who's just like gung-ho at it all the time to like, no, I, I don't personally have to be gung-ho at the performance aspect of it. Now I need to break things down and look at how I'm teaching them and how do I reach my students? And you know, looking at the design, like I already kind of looked at the design aspect of it, but really looking at that teaching aspect and how do I teach this to kids who are coming from all different backgrounds and all different interests. And like, I think that was so helpful for me as a young instructor to have that sort of place to transition my mindset about color guard. That's awesome. Yay. <laughs> yeah. So it's working, Susie. It's working. Yeah, it's working. It is. It's, it's doing things. And that's also where uh, I got the idea to start our winter guard program because we don't have anything that's within like hours of where I live. So it's like, and and basically one of the instructors that was there, uh, Derek, was just like, why don't you just start one? And so, I don't know. Why don't I just start yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, here we go. We went to WGI last year. So it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, it's been a pretty cool journey from from the MFA camp. So anybody who's thinking about it, can, can they register now? Is is registration they, open? They still can. Yeah. Okay. Um, it is June first when we are recording this. So late fees have started to apply. However, I have a discount code they can use Ooh. that would take one hundred fifty dollars off the cost of the camp. Now, keep in mind, it is a week long camp, and when you pay for your camp, you get your food, your room and board. Um, all of the instruction, nightly concerts, including a DCI show on Friday night. Mm. So it's super valuable. And if you're needing help paying for it, a lot of times instructors will reach out to their um, boosters or band directors and ask for help. You know, students can go fund me or whatever to help pay the fees. But um, if do you want the discount code? Um, yes, we definitely want yeah. to share this with our listeners for sure. So it is 150 color guard. All one word, no spaces or underscores or anything. One fifty color guard. Love it. Excellent. And what is there and a website they should visit? Yes, they could go to camp.musicforall.org. Camp.musicforall.org. You got it. Um, and if it's too late for them this year, if it's too close to camp time, I mean, definitely um, think about it for next next year. It's always held the last week of June. Um, and we have a Facebook group. If they search CGIA music for all, they should be able to find us there. Um, and that group is very active all year round, but it's a great way to keep tabs on the summer. Yeah. I, I, I always get like little, little notifications from like somebody posting in the group and I'm like, Oh, Hey, (laughs) somebody from camp is posting in the group. (laughs) 
Well, I think what you're doing is awesome. And it's neat to, I mean, like, like we said at the beginning, Susie and I have known each other for a long time and watching you develop and, and become this person, it has been really rewarding. Um, I know that you're making a big impact on a lot of students and that's really cool. You're welcome. It's, it's really, I get to kind of watch her on social media folks and she's really, she's, she's part of something much bigger than herself and she's not hesitant about putting it all out there for all of her students um, and that's that's something that if you get a chance to attend the camp attend the symposium and take advantage of learning from somebody like Susie I would highly encourage you to do so um, it's not every day that you get to be around people like that and if you can find it you know find your way to the camp um, I would I would encourage you definitely because do it. <laughs> you are, you're going to get a lot out of it I appreciate that so much thank you um, and Susie you have a YouTube channel that's really awesome too right I do. Our, the YouTube is called the Harloff Hub. Um, and I do have quite a few videos on there for free that are, I mean, they're not super well produced or anything, but there's basic exercises for horn line body and some cadet guard things because I'm the middle school director at Avon for their cadet guard. So I try to share information um, on YouTube when I can. Um, so if you want to check it out, we'd love you to. So that's the Harloff Hub. H-A-R-L-O-F-F, two F's, and that's on YouTube, so check that out, too. If you can get free information from Susie, that's even better, right? We love it. We love it for free. Absolutely. Subscribe. Click and subscribe. Well, that's so great, and, like, seriously, you've been such an inspiration, and, and, done so many great things here. I, and I really appreciate you coming on to talk to us again. I always love our conversations on here because seriously, we go into such great talks about marching band and it's not like, and it's not just like color guard in one box over here and band in the other box. Like we cross so many different lines, especially that's what's expected now. So I just Absolutely. love that you are so open to all of it and do what you do and share it so readily with everybody. This is, it's been fantastic. <laughs> My favorite things that reflecting on my journey in the marching arts, it is funny to me that I started as a wind player, um, discovered color guard in college, went through the whole color guard thing, taught color guard, and now I'm back coming back around <laughs> movement body to the wind kids. And God, I just love teaching the horn line kids. Like I've just kind of come full circle. So it's been fun. Now I want to take your class. Okay, come on. body moving. <laughs> Bring we my clarinet. I'll do it. Let's get the yeah. whole on a water break staff. Let's get all of us to come. Oh my god! And have our. Own I don't know, Susie. It would be a lot. <laughs> we would have some fun. We're kind of. It would, be, kind it of would have to be the adult version. I'm just saying. I'm sure that <laughs> the water break would be not. It would be figurative. The beverage break. It just would be bring, the bring your break. own beverage. Yeah. <laughs> well. Thank you so much, Susie. We are almost out of time. And um, is there anything else that you want to put out there about summer camps before we kind of close everything up? Yeah, and this is like for any summer camp anyone might be thinking about. Just do it. Find a way to go and do something. We, I feel like since the pandemic, we've all gotten so comfortable in our own homes. And learning things online is super fun and it's convenient. But getting face-to-face -face in front of people and learning physically in the space, I just think is so important. So get out there and go to camp. Yay! Yes, what please she, do she it. Said, go to camp, people. <laughs> go to camp. Do it. Yes. Invest it in yes. yourself. Mm -hmm. 
awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was great to see you, Susie. Have a (laughs) good one. All right, bye guys. Hi everyone, I'm Lexi Judah, and I'm the new host of On a Water Break in Rhinestones. I was a competitive twirler both nationally and internationally for nearly 20 years. Then in college, I became a feature twirler for the University of Maryland. Go Terps! Along my twirling journey, I competed in many world championships individually and with my Wheaton family, earning multiple gold, silver, and bronze medals. Now I coach the next generation of twirlers as they develop a love and passion for a sport I hold close to my heart. Outside of baton twirling, I have a full-time job. I'm a news producer in Baltimore. My goal for this podcast is to bring unique stories from baton twirlers from all over. I'm here to help tell their experiences from performing at the National Football Championships to the Miss America stage. Be sure to follow along to hear from talented twirlers who definitely have stories to tell. Well, that was a whirlwind of fun. I always love talking to Susie. She is such a great time. The other big news that's happening right now is drum corps move-ins. And we have someone here to talk about what is going on during this incredible time of year. His name is Manny Rebel. He is the color guard caption head at Genesis Drum and Bugle Corps. And he is joining us today from day four of their spring training. Hi, Manny. Hello, how's it going? It's great, how are you? It is hot. We are down here in Caldwell High School near Austin, Texas, and it, we're working through it, but we're working hard. So what are move-ins like for Genesis this year in particular? Like, what are, what are some of the differences from, like, when you marched and what's going on nowadays? That's a great question. Um, the facility that we're at is very large. Um, we have multiple places for us to rehearse at, but the most interesting thing is the, their turf field no longer uses black pellets that we're used to. They used to blue coolant pellets. So we can have rehearsal in the morning and afternoon block. It doesn't really feel that bad. Um, the organization itself is very welcoming. Um, I've marched multiple places throughout the years, um, but from day one, from staff, admin, and with the members, everyone's just having such a positive experience. And my history of move-ins has always been very hard. I want to go home after day four, but even today, the kids are wanting to work harder. They wanted to learn more things, and they're having a lot of fun. That is so nice to hear that it's a positive experience, because I know it could go either way sometimes for people. Yeah. So what are some of those challenges? What are the things that make it hard? Um, so this is my second year teaching drum corps. As a caption head, the biggest challenges is knowing how to use proper time management. Um, from the staff side is knowing um, when to utilize them properly. And then on the member side, knowing what they can handle and what they can't. Um, an interesting th- uh, thing we did is on our first day, we did uh, what we called set the pace. We tried to learn as many sets as possible um, just to see what they can handle. And then after we get a good grasp on that, we make the decision, was that too much or can we keep going? Um, with day four, we've learned about 32 sets with choreography, with music. We're on a good roll. The kids are comfortable. And I think that's just the biggest thing is how to utilize time management so it never feels like we're wasting time. Just assessing the kids that you have that are there as your members. That's so great. So then what are some exciting things that have happened already this season, just in the last few days, or even just since, since like 
your last camps to now? What are what are some things you're excited about? So we've been seeing these kids since November, and it started fairly small um, because um, we are new to the organization. It's me and my wife, um, Alicia Whipke. She is our co-caption head. And seeing the growth of these kids from November, December, January, through the April camp and move-ins, we've been seeing exponential growth. Um, with those core members and those core vets getting that excitement, rookies come in not knowing that things are hard, um, that it's difficult, and they just kind of jump in thinking that this is their norm in drum corps. Um, I like to think that we're setting a precedent for Genesis that when members are coming in, they're getting that world-class experience that we had when we marched drum corps. Yes, that is, that's such a great experience for them too, just that they can be able to come in and learn everything that you've got in your brain that you've experienced and how, and like we were talking about before with the positive experience thing, you can take what you know and understand to be good for them and apply it to what you're teaching them forward. That's so awesome that you've seen such growth from them. Absolutely. So how are things going with the color guard this year? It's very exciting. Um, I don't want to dig into too much about what we're doing with the show, um, but we did decide when we took over, we wanted to start with a smaller guard. Um, we're only fielding 32 this year because I've always had the mindset of quality over quantity. We want to make sure that we can take care of these members and we can give them that focus and attention to detail that they really desire. Um, we are still looking for um, members to join. Um, knowing the placement of Genesis have previous years, we understand that most individuals want to go to other cores that are more consistent. Um, but even with that, we want to push with the core members. We want to continue to give them that positive experience and work as hard as we can. It's been a lot of fun. I, it's day four. I am excited to go back into rehearsal just to teach them a new part of the impact uh, to get rifles a little bit more choreography. And it's a real joy seeing them get those connections like, aha, this is how I can do this. I can do it even better. And that just keeps spreading around from person to person. So you are looking for more members. Uh, how do people, if people are interested in joining, how should they get a hold of you? Um, if they would like to get a hold of me, uh, they can either reach me out on any social medias. Um, my name is Manuel Rebel, um, but they can also email us directly at guard at genesisdbc.org. Um, honestly, all they need to do is bring out a video audition, and I'm a firm believer that if this is something you want to do, we will make it work, and we're going to make you good. That 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 is my goal this summer. All these kids I'm going to be teaching, they're going to be the best version of themselves that they can reach. That is fantastic. Honestly, just from talking to you for the last few minutes, it sounds like you guys are running an upright organization and really, really focusing on your performers. And that's honestly, that warms my heart so much. Thank you. And we're trying, we're trying really hard. It's a lot of hard work, but it's, it's fun work. Does anybody else have some uh, great move-in stories from drum corps that they might like to share? Well, we had a recent one last night. Uh, the great thing about drum corps is not only the performers, but the people you meet. Um, my previous experience with other cores, this is my second time on staff. I love meeting the other staff and admin. Um, with the, if, For those of you that don't know how drum corps works, you do stay at different colleges, different high schools. We're staying at a high school and at a junior high. <laughs> and in our sleeping oh, no. area, we have a light that keeps flashing and keeps flashing and keeps flashing his heart for us to sleep. So it looks like a rave in our room and we're just trying to do what we can, tape up the lights. And it was just a really good bonding experience for the staff to have something like that. And going through rehearsals, going through our transition time for lunch, dinner, breakfast, it's always a good time and we're always laughing. I, mm -hmm. I forget 
how much I missed drum corps when I marched. Um, my last experience marching was back with Phantom 2010, and it really feels like I didn't leave drum corps. Drum corps is really something else. If if I mean I've only marched DCA, but I've taught DCI, and when you stop, you think your extra time mm-hmm. is so nice, but then once in a while you'll just remember how much you miss it. And as a staff, it just makes sense the connection that you have with the members, how long you stay with them, how much you touch. I mean, and I love personally, I love to be a tech. Like your <laughs> caption net is good too, but being a tech to be on the field with the kids being mm-hmm. as hot and pushing them further than they could ever know they could push themselves within being in the realms of like taking care of them and, and, you know, making sure that they learn why it's hard to do what they do, but how good it is. And I mean, it's just drum corps is so good here. We, mm-hmm. I mean, we're with Les Santals, which is like an open class, more of a, I mean, open class doesn't exist anymore, but I can only imagine what um, what those camps are for you and to make sure that your kids are mentally in a good state is so important. And I think maybe there's not a lot of people that are really, really in tune with how their members are doing because we all know. I mean, if you march drum corps, you know that you're, every member breaks down at least once at the camp. So if you take care of this on, on top of it, your season is going to be golden. You hit a, a lot of really good points. Um, in regards to DCA, that was actually my first teaching experience. I taught Sun Devils back at 2015 because I was working a full-time job and they only did camps during the weekends. So going through that experience after having an extended break from teaching really made me want to get back into that into that realm. Um, compared from when I marched to where we're at now, the biggest thing that's a big focus for members and staff is their physical and mental health. Not only that, but their emotional health as well. Like drum corps is not normal whatsoever. You're basically going through a glorified camp. This is a summer camp that people pay thousands of dollars, but you are working and performing and working even harder and trying to remind yourself to stay hydrated and trying to find those happy moments and those fun moments that you can't really explain to other people. You say, you're doing what this summer? You're paying thousands of dollars to work and be in the sun for 12 hours a day? Mm -hmm. Who does that? We do that because we really Mm -hmm. love what we do. You know what, though? What you're saying about feeling like you never left, like like I marched Blue Stars way back in the day. And then like I came back and mm-hmm. and uh, taught at Legends and I only did that for a couple of years. I did 2014 and 2015. Um they asked me to come back in 2016 but I, I was in the Olympics right. so that was, you know, kind of hard to kind of hard to make those two things mesh. <laughs> um mm-hmm. but the uh but, but like getting back in there when I jumped back in, it was like eight years in between and it literally feels like you never left. You're just like, Oh, I'm just going to hit the ground running and I've got all my stuff and I know what I'm doing and I'm connecting with the kids. And, and even though it was only a couple of seasons, those students who I taught, like here I am, it's almost been 10 years since I saw some of them and I still have connections with them and we still have like inside jokes and stuff. So just being able to, you know, you make those bonds, especially during move-ins, you make those bonds with people and, and like the people I marched with are some of the best friends of my life. So anybody who is out there, who's even thinking that marching drum corps, being on a color guard this summer might be something for you, please, please, please reach out to Manny, Manny, email guard at genesisdbc.org because this could be your chance. This could be your chance to make those lifelong friends and, and, and just, have this experience it's really it it really changes your life 
Yeah, and for people that are maybe scared of joining in the middle of camp, it's actually great to join at the middle of camp because you're that <laughs> breath of fresh air. Everyone yep. knows what they're doing around you, so you're going to learn things quicker, actually. So you, I personally don't think you fall behind when you join in the middle of a season or of a camp. You just jump right in. You're that new shiny thing, and and yeah, don't be scared. Just go for it. Yeah. Chris Green, do you have any uh, stories you want to share with us from move-ins? Well, back in my day, <laughs> since, <laughs> since I've been doing drum corps now for <clears throat> years, um, I will say the, the kids that come in that jump in the middle of summer, uh, whether they were cut from camps, whether they couldn't afford it at the time, whether just life kept them away from it, it's a whole different experience for those students going in. And I think you push yourself a little harder I think this is the time where everyone's starting to move in and, and you know, reevaluate their life choices because it's hot, there's long days, there's all this stuff going on. But pushing through those will give you so much uh, gumption for the rest of your life of how to push through anything and everything. So whether you are, you've been there for every single camp and you're just continuing going or you're jumping in for the first time, the experience is amazing and I have a degree in music, but I got so much more musical education on a day-to-day -day basis uh, sure. from my drum corps experience and just the wealth of knowledge from so many people that were either drum corps alumni or faculty at colleges or high schools. I, I learned so much and it made me a better person and a better teacher for sure. Absolutely. Oh man, it's such a great experience. Uh, I hope, I hope you get 32 more applications, Manny, after this <laughs> podcast, because I think that would just be amazing for people to have this experience. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Time to get our history lesson for this episode. Each week, the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum folks are going to give us a little bit of history so we can know what came before us. Check out this week's story. There was a constant undercurrent the entire weekend that something big's going to happen. Something's going to change. It got to Sunday morning, got ready to break up everything, and they're doing their kind of doing a wrap up and what everything else. Bobby Hoffman, who was in the back of the room, leaning against the windows, all of a sudden screams up. And again, I won't use the superlatives. What do you think, Ralph? I'm talking to Ralph Pace. I don't know what's going on. It, I don't get. I don't understand these people. And then they, well, what do you mean, Bob? What the again? What is this? Why aren't we doing this? Why are we opening up this field? Why are we allowing the different? Why do we have to just keep being this old same way? And that opened the gates. And miraculously, I don't even think it should have happened then because it wasn't in a session. But they changed the rules. To learn more about the Marching Pageantry Arts Museum, go to marchingpageantryartsmuseum.org and follow us on social media. Thanks, Bill. The history and drum, of drum corps and Stephen and the folks from the museum is coming soon. That's right, Cynthia. And if you don't follow Drum Corps today on Instagram yet, you definitely should. They are keeping us all up to date with everything that's going on in Drum Corps. So take it away, Jeremy. Hey, everyone. Drum Corps today with another Drum Corps news segment. First up, we have rehearsal camps that are coming up. This weekend, there are eight weekend camps and two corps that are moving in for spring training. Out West, Gold is a camp in Eastvale, California, from Saturday, May 3rd to Sunday, May 4th. Vessel is a camp in San Dimas, California, from Saturday, June 3rd to Sunday, June 4th. And Pacific Rest is a camp in Diamond Bar, California, 
from Saturday, June 3rd to Sunday, June 4th. Down south, Impact is a camp in Orlando, Florida on June 3rd. In the Midwest, Northern Lights have a camp in Muskegon, Michigan on Saturday, June 3rd. Out east, 7th Regiment has a camp in Oakdale, Connecticut from Saturday, June 3rd to Sunday, June 4th. Stentors have a camp in Sherbrooke, Quebec, Canada from Saturday, June 3rd to Sunday, June 4th. Spartans have a camp in Nashua, New Hampshire from Friday, June 2nd to Saturday, June 3rd. A few more corps start spring training this week as well. Friday, June 2nd, the Academy starts their spring training at Betty H. Fairfax High School. Saturday, June 3rd, Music City starts their spring training. The Colts migrate over to Muscatine, Iowa for another week of spring training. Next weekend, there are 10 weekend camps, and four corps are moving into spring training. Out West Gold is a camp in Eastvale, California from Saturday, June 10th to Sunday, June 11th, and Vessel is a camp in San Dimas, California, Saturday, June 10th to Sunday, June 11th. In the Midwest, Eclipse has a camp in Indianapolis, Indiana, Sunday, June 11th, and the Northern Lights have a camp in Muskegon, Minnesota, on Saturday, June 10th. Down South, Southwind is a camp in Daphne, Alabama, from Friday, June 9th to Sunday, June 11th. Heatwave is a camp in Lecanto, Florida, from Friday, June 9th to Sunday, June 11th. And Impact is a camp in Orlando, Florida, on Sunday, June 11th. Out East, 7th Regiment is a camp from Saturday, June 10th to Sunday, June 11th. Spartans have a camp in Warwick, Rhode Island, from Friday, June 9th to Sunday, June 11th. And Jersey Surf is a camp in Delron, New Jersey, from Friday, June 9th to Sunday, June 11th. A few more corps start spring training next week as well. On Monday, June 5th, Golden Empire starts their spring training at Bakersfield College, and Pacific Crest starts their spring training at Diamond Bar High School. On Thursday, June 8th, Blue Devils B starts their spring training at Mars in Concord, California. On Friday, June 9th, Cold Cadets start their spring training in Dubuque, Iowa, and on Sunday, June 11th, the Colts migrate back to Western Illinois University for the rest of their spring training. This past week, there have been six more cores to release their 2023 productions. Blue Stars will try to continue their rise with their production, Absentia. The Battalion will redefine the periodic table with their production, In Our Element. Arsenal will explore what draws humans together with their production, The Ties That Bind. River City Rhythm will be exploring different ways to fall with their production, Falling. Heatwave will spend the summer in October with their production, When October Goes. And Pacific Crest will be searching for the divine with their production, Goddess. Even though a handful of cores have moved in, there are still 374 brass spots, 81 field percussion spots, 80 front ensemble spots, 402 color guard spots, 6 conductor spots, and 70 additional spots ranging from team time to administrative intern positions, which in total comes out to just over a thousand spots open for this summer. All this information can be found on our Instagram page, Drum Corps Today, and links to everything can be found in the link in our bio or in our link tree, Link Tree Drum Corps Today. And stay tuned for more Drum Corps news. Okay, guys, there are so oh, there's some news today, <laughs> and Chris is gonna start us off since uh, Chris, we always make the newbies, the the rookies, go first. So, uh, what what news did you bring? Especially since it's drum corps related, what news did you bring today? It's drum corps related, and it's very exciting because uh, for me, I, I did a couple years with Kona Crown, then I taught Blue Stars, um, and then I helped start uh, Kona Gold. Mm. Frontier, help Gulf Coast Sound, and a number of other uh, DCA cores get to the field. And I've been kind of champ- championed the last few years, just to anyone who will listen, that we have to save drum corps. Uh, mm. It's getting more expensive. It's harder and harder. And one thing I like that DCA did years ago was to make it all age as opposed to senior corps, which made it a little easier for someone who was not maybe ready for the big world-class tour, didn't have someone in the backyard, maybe they couldn't vote for the summer to do that. Well, 
it's leaked on the Reading Buccaneers social media a couple days ago and then it hit DCA uh, waves today and on the DCI.org site. So I'm just going to read a brief synopsis that was first broken by Reading Buccaneers, and that is the boards of Drum Corps Associates, DCA, and Drum Corps International, DCI, have been collaborating over the past several years about how the organizations could work together to grow the Drum Corps activity. This past winter, a proposal co-sponsored by DCI President and CEO Dan Atchison and the DCA President John Carr was presented to DCA coordinators that outlined an integration of DCA into DCI as an all-age division. The proposal was discussed, reviewed, and approved by the DCA coordinators for implementation in 2024. Wow. Now, what's cool about this is DCI has had an all-age division for several years. Yeah. Uh, they, they've opened it up so that uh, cores could compete on their own sheets, you know, a small education to the, uh, the, the uh, adjudicators there to make sure they were giving you know, great feedback that would help the DCA. What they've decided to do is move the DCA World Championships to align with the DCI World Championships for 2024 and 2025. Now, the details of that, we don't quite know yet. Is it going to be a separate competition? Is it going to be part of prelims? Is it going to be something that's changed with the open class world? Uh, but right now, DCI Open Class has 11 participants going to World Championships. Last year, DCA had 12 going to their World Championships. So I think everyone's trying to find a way to showcase all these wonderful organizations that are, that are doing drum corps in a different kind of way. So I think teaming up together is going to allow much more exposure for all aspects, for people who've just been all-age fans or DCA fans, or for you know DCI folks who realize you know what maybe I don't need to age out maybe I can keep marching for a couple more years and get you know more skills that can be applied to you know teaching and the programs you're working with so I think this is really exciting I think it's smart on both ways uh, the DCA world has kind of been focused on the East Coast for most of its history we've had some great cores pop out of Carolinas and Georgia, mm. Florida, Midwest, California. <laughs> mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so this hopefully will help generate some energy back there, and we'll see. Uh, they're, they're jumping in for two full years. So it gives us a chance to kind of see how that's going to work out. Um, I think it's a, gr a great thing. Actually, honestly, uh, I would love to see DCI Open Class continue to expand and let the summer marching bands and other groups participate and continue with sound sport the way they've been doing. It's been such a great aspect. Um, I could see a DCI World Championship where they say, oh, here's our open class champion, here's our international champion, here's our all-age champion, and they're working in their own levels. That's and honestly, if you want to move on to semifinals, then maybe follow the rules of DCI with, with age mm. and restrictions and stuff, which we already do with international class anyway. We allow that core, or sometimes yeah. that band, as we know, Calvary Sh uh, Show Band Stampede was one spot away from top 25 last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Give them a chance to see how they would you know, fit into that world, but not bump a DCI member core off of, of the status. So that's where you have maybe a 26 or 27 cores at semifinal, so that an international core too can make it in there. It just opens that door. Now, I don't know what they're doing with the DCA thing yet. They gave us very little information, but this was a huge bombshell today that anyone's a fan of open class cores or DCA all age should be excited about. And I think with DCA and DCI partnering the last several years, sponsoring each other, and you've seen a lot of presence both ways. I think this is exciting, uh, and hopefully it just leads to more cores down the field because more cores need more participants yep. and more people just loving the activity that we're, we're all loving. 
So have they, is it clear or is it unclear <laughs> that, or that means that championship will be all at the same time for the, for everyone? It's in the same week. Now, whether wow. that's tied into open class, like they do a separate uh, location now, you yeah. know, if you've been at a college yeah. before at Michigan city and a few other places have hosted in and around Indianapolis a few hours away. So we'll see. Indiana's kind of central of the country, and it's become this performing arts mecca the last, what, 15, yeah. 20 years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, PASIC and uh, DCI, BOA, and even uh, you know, Dayton, Ohio, is only a couple hours down the road for where right. kind of the heart of WGI has been. So I, I think it's a smart move, and we'll see. I'd be interested to see if they have their own separate championship. Is it a weekday? Or yeah. maybe, they're at, maybe they add a Wednesday, and that's an all-age day. And open class day before prelim. Who knows? Wow. There's so many things up in the air, but at least we know that people aren't letting the activities slowly die away. Right. And I think there's a big fear. We lost several open class cores this year. We lost we lost Santa Clara Vanguard for the year. Um, big name. We have Spirit of Atlanta and Seattle Cascades coming back, but we can all name dozens of cores that have disappeared and, and they're gone. Yeah. So to see some movement between the two major organizations that are run by membership core, so they're core membership based and driven uh, to make some kind of concerted effort to save drum corps, uh, that means a lot. I think we, we see the world class a lot uh, in advertisements and the movie theaters, and that's what drives the activity. But without those smaller cores, without the other cores out there doing the activity, the big cores mm-hmm. can't exist. So mm-hmm. this is exciting. Yeah, and I I can't wait to see how creative they're going to be with the challenges that that's going to obviously bring. But if I mean their brains, they're, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, DCI right now happens almost a month prior to DCA. That's going to be interesting too to see. Yeah, it'll change it's the going to length of the season up. It's going to change so many things. But um, I I yeah. actually heard about this initially on Twitter, and I I had no idea what was going on when oh. I was reading about it on Twitter, and and it seems like the 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 vast like majority of people who I read talking about it were excited for the implications of yeah. moving it, especially because like not just moving the, the date, but moving the location because that location mm-hmm. is so much more accessible for so many people who want to mm-hmm. be involved. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited to see that. It's definitely a lot closer to me. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see how that all pays so <laughs> Maybe a little, maybe well, a little. The- I just want, I just want to see the marching arts flourish in as many places as mm. possible. For the fans, it's going to be interesting, too, because it's going to be one location, one time to go. Right. And that's cool. Like, and then, and yeah, and the groups, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be creative. You and I talked to, I don't know if we're allowed to say it, but to an important person. And that was one of the things that that person said is that how creative people are going to be with how much money it costs and money that there isn't. So, wow, wow. That's a big news, big, big news. DCI has had all age and DCA shows yep. over the years. It's even mm-hmm. paired with championships before where cores have con- come over and it's been a great thing. Uh, the, the bigger side is on the logistical side because DCA allows you to negotiate your own uh, performing fairs. So you work your season around where you want to make money. With DCI, it's different. You're paid a performance fee based on where you placed it in the previous year, mm. uh, whether you're open class, this and that. So that's going to be the interesting thing for me. Uh, but you mentioned about the season being a different. That's a huge, huge difference. Yeah. DCA being weekend based, and they do you know a couple shows going out. But DCA has been doing this virtual show thing ever since yeah. the COVID year to yeah. try to, to make it easier to perform and, and reduce some of that cost. 
well, that's kind of cool. That DCI core is kind of that same idea. If you're not, you know, blessed to be in Southern California where there's several cores that aren't going to championships, you can have a, a championship there. But you look at Colombians who've been out by themselves in Washington for a couple of years. Uh, when battalion came up in Utah, they weren't course around. They really have to travel a lot to get there. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be interesting. And I, I think the bigger question overall is how long of a season can we actually sustain yeah. in the long run? We've gotten very used to these you know, eight, nine, ten week seasons where cores are moving in the middle of May. And high school students can't do that. Right. College students, some of them can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if we start looking at how many weeks of competition we're actually going to have, maybe even locking down how many weeks of every days or move-ins we're going to have. It's going to be interesting. I think yeah. if, if some big changes are made to kind of standardize where all the cores are, level the playing field a little bit, I think we'll see some big differences. And we may see like we did with the, the year or two off with COVID and then the performing tour. Uh, cores came back very differently. Uh, everyone got kind of see their actions from 2021, how it affected their core, because everyone did different options and different ideas and concepts. Some worked miraculously well, and some shook up the cores because kids had aged out and this and that. So any time that we can shake up the activity and get excitement, I think is a good thing. So to me, this is a win, and we'll see how how it comes about. We've got a year to all break it down as armchair core directors all over the internet, Um, but it's exciting. So speaking of shaking up the activity, Cynthia, you have your news story about the advisory boards this week. Yes. So that's a really, really great time for, you know, like Color Guard is over. We feel like, well, you're saying it's going all around year round. Um, so during June 9th and 10th, it's going to be the advisory, I cannot say Advisory that board. <laughs> Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> the Vegas. People know it as the Vegas because it happens in Vegas. I, the Vegas. Um, it happens in Vegas and it's where directors of different cores, a finalist cores of WGI and cores, guards Art. and, uh, <laughs> and yeah, guards and drumline and the horn lines, yeah, <laughs> go with some of the big names, Dale Powers, and, and they're going to talk um, – about different visions, about different angles for the next season, and uh, vote the proposals. So the proposals technically have been, they're already in. You cannot propose a change of rule, but you uh, can, as an organization, uh, propose a a change or add a rule or a modification, and everyone is going to be submitted, and everyone's going to talk about it, uh, that they're there, and vote. And so if you're interested, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are always interested about the the rules change because it does affect the next season. Um, I think it's on Saturday night. There's going to be a Facebook Live where Dell Powers and Mark Thurston will um, – We'll say we'll talk about uh, the changes uh, and Wayne also from the went. We'll talk about the changes and the proposals that are actually now rules that will be implied. And there's also the election of the new board of director and the steering community members um, that I don't know a lot about, but we know they're they're just really really important positions that do have a great effect on on a lot of things on how the WGI functions and how members. Um, the you know everything that the political side of things the behind the scenes so yeah it's going to happen June 9th and 10th 
So watch that out. And there's going to be all of, you said that they're all the proposals are getting voted on there. There was a video yeah. that WGI actually recently published uh, called the journey mm. of a WGI proposal. So for anybody who's having, who doesn't really understand how proposals work or they're interested in making a proposal at some point or just wanting to learn more about it. Um, it's a really nice simplified video. It's less than a minute and a half long. And it's called The Journey of a WGI Proposal. It's up on their website right now. And uh, you guys can find it at WGI.org. Hmm. All right, everybody. Thanks for a great rehearsal this week. Thank you to our hosts, Cynthia and Chris Green. Thank you to Manny for coming in and talking to us from Genesis. Remember, if you are thinking about joining up with Genesis this summer and you want to send in your video audition, send it to guard at genesisdbc.org. Um, and then thank you again, Chris Green, for joining us. You can follow him at uh, Green Uniforms FL, as in Florida, on all social media. And of course, as always, thank you, Bill from Marching Pageantry Arts Museum. You can find him at Marching underscore Pageantry underscore Arts underscore Museum. Joshua from the Drum Major Leadership Academy at DL. DMLA training <laughs> and Jeremy from at drum Corps today. Make sure you go subscribe to our podcast, write us a review. I am so ready to start reading some reviews on our podcast live. So mm. send those to me. I want to, I want to read what you guys are thinking about us and, and uh, absolutely send us, send us five stars. Cause I feel like all of us are worth all of the stars you could send. <laughs> Share this with a friend. Follow us on our social media at On a Water Break, and we will see you at the next rehearsal on a water break.